Okay, venerable. How wonderful to speak with you, Reverend Jennifer. <laughs> and you as well, venerable. I'm so oh, so ready to hear your teaching. It's such a wonderful time. I know we all are. We've got many people from around the world calling in. Oh, this is good because we are in an incredible time, a time of great growth, great change, and great opportunity to see more clearly the nature of mind. Wonderful. May this telephone call, this communication, reveal the seed of wisdom in each and every one. And may that wisdom seed flourish and grow as ever more skillful activity that reveals that we are one in the field of love, light, mind, the mystery of what is, is within us and throughout us, and no one is separate from this field of wisdom. Here we are, aware of great changes. We see the changes on the uh, national level, and most importantly, people recognize great change within. Uh, things that we were accustomed to, we see they no longer have uh, such importance as it becomes more clear that together we are creating a dream and we see the impact of emotions as the teachings of the planet Saturn reveal what has been hidden and Uranus breaks down conceptualizations that we can see more clearly how as human beings we weave together a dream. When we look at something it appears outside of us, yet the perception of it is in the dark recesses of our brain. And how we interpret that information is also the result of our conditioned view, what we've learned. With these increased waves of grace that are coming from the dark rift, in a sense like the womb of the universe, we are being awakened to another song, another key. This awakening uh, creates great change, and that change is directed by our response and our view. So what does it mean to be a human being in these times? it becomes more clear that we are deeply connected with the field. And what does it mean, the field? The field of mind, the field of energy, the field of grace. Some may call it a mystery, others God consciousness, Christ consciousness, mind itself. However we name this energy, when we are observing it, and responding to it, we are also making change within that field and change in our perception. So how does one person make a difference when you see 
challenges with family, challenges with co-workers. One person makes a difference by seeing that our friends, our co-workers, our family, not one of them is separate from this vast field of grace. And when we can envision the ideal of ourselves as awakened beings, we may indeed bring that about. What is the apparent obstacle to remembering who we are? It is believing that our way is the only way that I exist alone. In truth, we are deeply interconnected, and while we appear as many, we are ultimately a song arising from this field of vast awareness. How do we respond to these changes when it may seem disturbing or upsetting? We respond by considering the gifts we've received and the gifts we choose to offer. And also, we look behind the curtain of the appearance. So things look like they, in some places, they appear to be falling apart. In actuality, we can look behind the appearance and see creative energy arising. What falls apart becomes compost for the wisdom potential in individuals and groups to manifest. So change is flowing through our galaxy. It shows in the warming of the planets. It shows in the lights appearing on Saturn, the light that is arising in the atmosphere of Venus. And most importantly, it shows as a light arising within the heart of many people. What is this light? Penetrating insight, that which sees behind the appearances, appearances arising moment by moment, like musical notes, the silence in between reveals the mystery of what is actually being said. So it is a time that we quiet our minds and we take time before we speak so that we consciously energize that which is wisdom, life force enhancing. So what do we envision for ourselves? Most of us on this line, we're explorers. We're exploring the field of mind. We understand there is more to this mystery of appearances, that there is some order, some sacred pulse that guides the dance of appearances arising. This sacred pulse is also expressed in the pulse of our heart and the pulse of the meridians within our bodies. And it is in this way that we express the potential arising in our own hearts 
in the world, in the field, in a way that others may interact with us. So what is this mystery, this energy that is flowing through our universe at this time? Some say it is coming from another dimension. In the Cherokee tradition, we speak of the fifth world. The fifth world, like the fifth tone in music, is a change of key and entry into yet another dimension, a sphere of understanding. Some have seen how quickly a thought becomes realized, and this has given us even more care in the use of our words, and also more care in what we contemplate. Fear, it is an energy of inhibition, and it seeks to perpetuate itself. And so when we see change, sometimes it doesn't seem comfortable or comforting. Yet it is the wise person who recognizes change as an opportunity. So what do we do to maintain stability in these times? First, we understand that what we perceive is actually interpreted within our mind. And it is according to what we've learned in our past experiences. Yet, in truth, the past, the present, and the future exist simultaneously. And where we place our attention reveals the result. So, Contemplating this, consider the child that you had been. Remember the dreams of that child. And see those dreams expressed in the adult of the present. And consider the waves of grace that you leave in the field that are also the future. Take a moment and contemplate this thought. Visualize your heart as light with awareness of spiraling energies within it. As vast as galaxies, this energy flows. And in the center, a dark rift through which light arises quickening, revealing the jewel of wisdom within this and every moment. Ah. 
sound, direct perception, from whence all teachings, all understanding arises. Let us look within and understand that the world we envision is a projection of our minds and our many minds are like bubbles arising momentarily from this field. Explorers, each one of us. Riding on the wave The question arises, whose mind is it? Who begins the dream? Are we separate from the dreamer? Together we may envision a world of cooperation and harmony, and this begins with recognizing the seeds of that harmony within our own form, that which we appear as. So the dreamer that we call I has a concept of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and also the dreamer we call I is not separate from timelessness. How to see more clearly the way in which the mind creates its projections. We can observe the clouds. We can observe a flickering candle flame. And as we observe the flame, observe the thoughts that arise. Is a thought oneself? Is a thought who we are? The thought of I, it is actually many responses interdependently related just as we as human beings are related in the family of life, also our thought is related to our culture, our families, our clans, our nations. These become belief systems. And these belief systems create a home, create a house, create something that we think is fixed, and also, these belief systems have at their root awareness that all beings are one. We may call it a sacred being. We may call it God. We may call it a mystery. However we name the energy of this field, it is clear. It is within us, and we are within it. So when watching the flickering candle, 
is it flickering outside of us when the perception and the registration of the dancing light is actually in the deep recesses of our minds? What is outside? What is inside? In a relative view, we determine that there is up, down, north, south, east, and west, and thus we establish boundaries for the boundless that is. And we see the sun rise and set, and we recognize the progression of seasons, and we understand that no thing is permanent, that these appearances continually change. What is unique to each culture is how we interpret the movement of this vision, this display. So with our ordinary eyes, it seems that it is a solid world. Yet in truth, we are just observing patterns, shadows on a wall. Where is the source of these patterns that appear as you and I? Is it outside? Is it inside? These are helpful points to consider. Does time have a beginning? Does it have an end? Or is time energy that is placed in uh, a measurable field by our minds in the making stable the concept of I, them, and us? Having the gift of the human body is miraculous. Having the opportunity to explore the wave of universal intelligence, however we name it, is wondrous. And we recognize as human beings we have a spiritual responsibility. What does it mean, spiritual responsibility? It means that having this gift, it is wise not to waste time on distractions that make illusion appear more strong. It is wise to delve deeply into the appearance and see its empty, lucent nature. How? By observing the pulse of our heart, by observing the movement of our breath and the dance of light before our eyes. As we look at light, it is something that seems to be outside of us, yet the very movement of the chemicals that maintain our physical form are also sustained by photons that flow through us. So who is the observer? And what is the source of that which we observe? Is it like a puppet show, a projection of our mind? 
And what part do we play in this projection as students of the light, as swimmers in the sea of experience? Together we are weaving a dream and our aware, awakened potential is sending a tune to us, moving us into yet a new key of understanding. Fifth world, seventh world, what does it mean? The fifth world, in a flash, what we think and speak is made manifest. Uh, concepts of up, down, something over there, uh, in a flash, by thinking it is here, it is recognized as being here. Who moved it? Did it move? And are we moving? These are the questions, perhaps, of the child mystic. And these questions enable us to look more carefully at the dream that is created. What is the seat of this wisdom, this eye that sees all? The seat is in the heart, it's direct perception, aware of vibration, energy. There is a saying among Cherokee that uh, some people maintain their seat very well. That is, they don't get excited, their equanimity is not disturbed. And they express a, a kindness and a, a humor that is shared with everyone equally. So to maintain one's seat in times of change is to remember that wisdom to accomplish, wisdom is our natural state. And it is through dedication that that wisdom is nourished and brought into every aspect of our lives. So we learn about cutting away negative thoughts, negative speech, so that we may energize the wisdom potential within ourselves in each situation. We also learn about forgiveness for giving ourselves and others for what might have been, could have been, should have been, and energizing the ideal of uh, healthy relationships. So the teachings of many cultures, they point to being a compassionate, loving, uh, honest, dignified human being. And in our own hearts, there may arise the shadow of doubt, and that shadow is just that, 
it may be illuminated by introspection and analyzing it to see that ultimately it is a energy thought form and in and of itself it has no existence. We choose to energize those thoughts which are wisdom and life force enhancing. So we find a, a code of right relationship that we cause no harm, we take not what is given, we only take what is given, and we offer from our hearts that which is beneficial. So just as there is the cycle of day and night, there is the cycle of awakening, and there is the cycle of contemplation. And this time we are awakening as the human family and the mind consciousness even of the planets and every sentient being is also awakening. How so? To a deeper understanding of pulse, rhythm, and sound and the impact of consciousness on the appearances that arise. So how does a planet become more aware? When you consider that light is a conveyance of intelligence, both visible and invisible light, then we can see the way in which the message is carried even to the heart of the earth from the very heart of the universe. And as human beings, we contribute to this dream in the way we care for each other and care for the earth. All cultures that had planting ceremonies were expressing their appreciation for the potential in the seeds that are to be planted and the potential nurturance of the earth. So we as human beings are in an incredible cycle of preparing the garden by weeding confused states from the family of human beings' minds and energizing the seeds of wisdom potential in the field and within everyone. Uh, in the past, I've heard many wise elders say that whatever is needed can be received when we prepare ourselves through offering voices of appreciation and kindness, we ourselves generate the sweet rain that nurtures that wisdom potential. So even the falling of the rain is part of our heart cycle. When the weather becomes wild, it is also increased energy coming 
from somewhere. And when we make uh, more calmness in our hearts, we understand the message that the changing winds convey. So the winds that move around the earth, they are similar to the winds that move within our bodies or the energies that move within our bodies. And as this quickening of energy comes from the dark rift, the heart remembers and the DNA remembers the wisdom of our natural state. And so many of the belief systems and even the way we ate in the past is uh, no longer sustaining. And we find ourselves called to stand in the light by pacifying our internal conflict which arises from separation through belief that one exists alone and then purifying such thoughts as cause harm to one's being and others and energetically dedicating our speech and action to actualizing that wisdom potential within our lives in every situation for the benefit of every being and then step by step each of us doing what needs doing. So this concludes the lecture part of our conversation. How do we maintain our seat in changing times by recognizing the heart of awareness flows within us and that grace flows through us and that we are grateful and we offer our song of appreciation, clear thought and action that all may recall our natural state as luminosity. So we can bring forth questions now. Yes, Jennifer. If you're on the phone, you can press star 2 to raise your hand. And if you're on the Internet, you can type in a question. And we'll, while we're waiting for a question, I wonder, Venerable, if you could just say a little bit more about grace. And uh, and if it's possible to give us a, an understanding or a definition of grace and if there's a particular way for us to access grace. Grace is the energy of love. It is the magnetism that enables the potential of the dream to be revealed. Grace is what calls us to the shore, free from illusion. Grace is that which lifts the burdens from our heart, perceived as a blessing. This is a, a universe of love. 
And that grace, whether we perceive of it coming from Holy Father, Holy Mother, or as an expression of mind, that grace sustains us. And we access it by remembering to be thankful. So the practice of gratitude keeps us in the flow of grace? Indeed. Grace is like the sun that falls upon the earth. Grace is like the waters that flow. When we are thirsty, and we do not recognize the pure water beside us, then we are ignoring the blessings of grace. Grace is the support of forgiveness. The moment we make a correction in our thought or action, or even offer apology and make amends, the waves of grace become more apparent. Grace is never withheld. It is just a perception or recognition of it that is sometimes noted or not noted because too much attention is placed on sorrow of what is not. And by taking a moment to be thankful, the grace is revealed. It is not far away. It is always here. It is for us to say, yes, I stand in this grace. And when you were speaking before, I, I had the thought of, a person who feels confused and distraught and is seeking help, feeling that they're they're overwhelmed by their situation and they're seeking help. And sometimes it, it can seem that the person is literally pushing away the grace, the insight, the help that they seek so desperately because their mind is focused on not having it, and their mind is focused on thinking uh, thoughts of blame and shame and negativity, and it, it 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 literally seems to block the very thing that they most deeply desire, which is that divine assistance. Well said. Yes, we can place our attention on all the things that we think are not right or the things that are recognized as pain. And we can also place our attention on those moments of ease and those moments of joy. And the more attention to those moments of reprieve, the more access to grace. It's like when you're in labor... Um, the moments between contractions 
our thought and um, our great relief. And then there is the next contraction and ultimately the grace of a child being born. And so, yes, people do experience in, uh, these and many times uh, great suffering. And what is important is to take note of those moments of reprieve. Is clear? Yes. Yes, thank you so much. And we have a question online from Roxana who asks, can events from the past be changed? Well, there are some old Cherokee stories that say, yes, they can be. Um, certainly our perception of them and their impact on us in the present can and are changed. Uh, one very immediate way of correcting the dissonance of the past or what appears as dissonance of the past is in this moment recognizing your strength, your uh, courage, also by we have a meditation where we we call it going uh, to the magic lake and then we go into a temple which is built upon a mound and we literally go back in time and make uh, peace with our um, with situations we have experienced and also change uh, the outcome and on a psychological level in the present that does make a change in fact there there are religious groups that pray for the people who have long since gone from this earth that they may be relieved of suffering and this unwraps the echo of that suffering carried in the song of their descendants. So yes, we can make changes in the past, and that brings me uh, to the whole question of many worlds occurring uh, simultaneously. Um, one may have come to a crossroad in the past where they had the potential to die and through intervention, higher intervention, loving intervention, that person uh, took another route. And what could have been death 
becomes a new perspective and a new view of life. And I think many people have experienced this or had some taste of this idea where you may have felt not to go a certain way and then you found later there was an accident there. Or you may have felt um, to do something differently and found a greater benefit in changing your plan. So time does have its uh, pathways of change. Uh, sometimes when we were young, we would talk about uh, somebody stepping on somebody's time. Like culturally, we would not step over another person's shadow. And also there was the awareness that our thoughts could uh, impact other people's time or life and or life force. And therefore, it was wise to not hold grudges and to uh, make peace and make clear uh, boundaries for a good relationship so as not to uh, step upon each other's life force potential. Uh, I think nowadays people call it positive thinking, where we don't think negatively of others. We see the wisdom potential within them. That is another way to understand this idea. So there are some who think you do and can make changes in the past by making peace and harmony in the now and establishing clear pathways of right relationship. You know, homeopathic remedies, uh, some one in particular is based on that idea of correcting an itch that your ancestors may have had caused by the scabies mite in the past as they came over on ships and expressed as an echo in the child's uh, DNA as uh, attention deficit disorder. And so a remedy uh, that has been helpful for some is a remedy for scabies. While the child in the present doesn't have it, their ancestors may have. And in that sense, you are ameliorating their discomfort and uh, transforming that echo in the present. Is it clear? Yes. Beautiful and so helpful. I see that Barry has a question. Barry? Wonderful. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. 
Well, great gratitude and also some question. Um, Wonderful. You know, it's very clear and calm as you speak, and at the same time, um, I come against a, a repeated experience of sometimes having to go on choosing, you know, envisioning sort of by force of will, a leap of faith. Um, and <clears throat> it's not easy. At times you'll say, you know, the further one gets towards um, accomplishment, the more obstacles will arise. And that sounds like a statement more objective than you know, obstacles arise because of the habit of having to have an obstacle. And images that come to mind are, um, you know, there's a time the bird has to leave the nest and it's either going to fly or fall to the ground, and, you know, that has to happen. Or um, an image Thich Nhat Hanh would say, a koan can be like an arrow in the shoulder. It may kill you. Um, and it was also interesting to hear the the image of childbirth. One of the um, uh, passages from the prophets I, I read in Israel when I presented was in Isaiah, where the voice of God says, I've been silent. I will scream and pant like a woman in labor. Sort of, um, uh, you know, conveying the sense that, you know, it's really, you know, it's not a spectator sport. Um, And so, uh, you know, the problem is, uh, you know, maintaining a balance of staying seated and knowing when it's important uh, to make clear boundaries for good relationship, you know, assuming, you know, full, um, you know, full intention to, to, um, um, you know, make amends. Um, so that, that that's what came up listening. I mean, on, on the one hand, you know, it's tremendously, um, you know, clarifying and soothing, and on the other hand, I, I find myself sort of having to, um, you know, maintain seated with these things that I'm talking about. Yes. Recognizing the potential in the human family for skillful activity also means that we create a pathway for that skillful activity. Moses saw the people had need for understanding. He went to the mountain and he received the Ten Commandments. A code of right relationship is the basis of deeper understanding and clarity for our wisdom potential to be made apparent. So yes, while we may sit in the state of clear awareness, we also understand there are pathways of right action that make it possible for that clear awareness to be perceived by all and to even transform the sorrow of aggression. 
through having a clear vision of our pathways of restoration. So what is restored? What is restored is remembrance of our unity. How is it restored? By wiping away the tears, by dressing the wounds and making a clear pathway and uh, means of good relationship. So we can, as human beings, react to each other. Uh, we remember the work of Dr. Louise Diamond for many years in Cyprus and how bringing together the Turkish and the Greek families. First there was, the, in a sense, the tearing of the clothing. You, you, you caused this harm to me. You did this to me. You did this to my people. And the other people said, you did this, you did this, and then they listened. We are saying the same thing. And uh, there is a place for expressing our error and recognizing the error is not in my own eye, it is in our eyes. And rather than take out our eyes, let us see more clearly what we have in common. So the spiritual person also has a spiritual responsibility. The intelligent person who sees the, the potentials and the layering of concept and illusion also has a intellectual and spiritual responsibility to state clearly how these layers have been formed and that ultimately uh, they have arisen from one state. And let us return to that uh, understanding of our unity. Is more clear? It's more clear. It takes some work. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, also how to say, um, the courage to see the beauty in what is and your spiritual responsibility to be happy. Yep. Because, you know, happy that I, I, we can see. Hmm? Happy that we can see yeah. how the illusion has arisen and the potential of its resolution into deep awareness. There was a keynote that one of Dr. King's daughters gave when she spoke of the of Paul in the Book of Romans in prison, saying, "Wherever I am, there I shall be happy." Yes. 
I think, you know, the different flavors of the happiness. And the recognition that happiness is not based on circumstance. Hmm. Remembering his eminence, Garchin Rinpoche, someone once asked if he ever felt uh, anger uh, for his years of imprisonment, and his response was it gave him a great opportunity for practice. Venerable, in the science of mind teaching our training, we distinguish between joy and happiness and that joy is a spiritual quality which is not circumstantial or conditional. It's eternal and infinite, and happiness is something that is more temporal. Uh-huh. I would say that is uh, clear. Happiness is a um, result of a relation to and uh, joy is a a state of being that has no conditions. It can be hidden by circumstances, yet it is like the cohesive energy of magnetism, of love. It exists. Um, uh, sometimes happiness is also described as uh, first a state of no suffering um, and also happiness is the recognition that all beings are our relatives in the dance and the accomplishment of wisdom by one uplifts all others. So there's the happiness that is satisfaction of the I, and then there is a happiness of no suffering. And yet we know you grow old and knees hurt, so how can one be happy? One is happy because they understand that those changing appearances uh, do not detract from their direct perception of the field of love and compassion. Thank you. And I'm going to remind folks that they can raise their hand with a star two Star two to raise your hand, and we also have uh, uh, some uh, written-in questions. I see Shan has a question. Shan, good evening. Hi, Venerable. Good evening. So good to hear you again. Um, I had actually two questions. One was came to mind as Barry was speaking about maintaining your seat. As a spiritual practitioner on the path, when things arise that take you out of the heart center, that take you out of um, 
your feeling of oneness and love is would you talk a little bit in that phenomenon uh in relation to the dance of the ego how is the ego interfacing with that when obstacles arise oh yeah so when obstacle appears to arise ego becomes disturbed because uh, it is not going as planned I think I know how it should be. Therefore, this concept of I becomes disturbed. Also, I think my belief, my view is more this or that than getting more disturbed when another view is revealed. And the wise person considers that all appearances have arisen from the light and considers the energy of that appearance as not separate from an awakened wisdom state. So uh, somebody is talking, I don't believe in karma, blah, 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 and uh, another one saying, well, we reap what we sow, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one can make an argument. My belief, my interpretation is this or that. And so that is the ego speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the ego wants to maintain itself in the relative view because in the remembrance of its ultimate state uh, I is not separate from any appearance and it is understood that the appearances are but projections of the mind yet ego likes the taste of chocolate and so it likes to keep the story going on. And uh, at some point, uh, it becomes a, a tiring script, and one looks more closely at what are the hooks of the ego. So is it uh, my belief system to defend? Is it my view to defend? What is this thing I call my belief, my view. Um, Culturally, we have certain understandings. Uh, We've learned over time that they have not been true. Uh, Women were not permitted to vote because it was thought their minds were hysterical and their their, obstacles to people of color voting, and that passed away. It tries to rise its head again, and uh, what is it that brings the echo of ignorance to the surface again, sometimes in a more coded way? Uh, Basically, it's the idea of I, my group, my view, is 
more important than that of another. So the shadow uh, thinks itself very real and wants to maintain its view and hold on to it like uh, someone holding on to a rope. And uh, that rope can uh, become the basis of a bridge over confused states, or that rope can tie one in a circle of confusion. So what's the rope? The rope is our concepts, our beliefs, and the idea that uh, I have perceived these things, therefore uh, they are, and wanting to um, perpetuate that view because ego is comfortable uh, with a certain view. Oh, I like milk chocolate. Well, dark chocolate, they say, is better for you. And so uh, there's this inner conversation. And uh, in the Tibetan Book of Mental Development, it states very clearly uh, how the mind constructs its view. And uh, earlier today, I found uh, a nice uh, paragraph. It's from the book called Time, Space, and Knowledge, A New Vision of Reality by Tateng Tolku. And let's find the publication info. Um, it was published in 1977 by Dharma Publishing in the U.S. of A. in Berkeley, California. And the author is Tateng Tolku. The book is Time, Space, and Knowledge. Thank you. The self cannot understand great space or time because it is precisely the embodiment of a lapse of such understanding. The self appreciates and deals with the infinity of space only in the sense that it finds it possible to continue its ordinary knowing encounters indefinitely. It can know an infinity of data, but without any insight into its own space-time nature or into the reason why the infinity of detail is available to it. Hmm. Is it clear? I think so. So when you have uh, an experience of say, for example, a discursive emotion, is that uh, a habit or is that um, uh, the ego again? I get confused with those kinds of... I, I think it is a conditioned view. Oh, okay. That, oh, I understood these things, I learned these things, and I've interpreted them through this lens of my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. That's very helpful. Do we have time for one more question, Jennifer? Yeah, we have someone who's typed in a question, but uh, I think we can quickly do both, perhaps. 
Okay. okay. Uh, Venerable, this is a very different uh, bent in the conversation, but I was um, wondering if you would speak about the agreements that we make before we come into each incarnation. <laughs> yes. We certainly decide to meet and continue our exploration together uh, as if we are explorers uh, looking to find a certain uh, tree or to understand the nature of butterflies. We make the decision that we'll meet. In a sense, the pattern of our thought and our exploration of previous times like a magnet brings us together in the moment. Mm -hmm. We agree based on our exploration of the elements and the consciousness expressed through the elements, we make agreement to explore and manifest understanding. So how we meet in this lifetime is the echo of our song of exploration and our voice of dedication to understanding things as they are, and to expressing wisdom as our natural state. And the how we can see uh, from the perspective of the physical form is through the elements, and the elements are an expression of the emotions which give rise to concept of I, yet are not separate from awakened wisdom states, as in the five Buddha family teachings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lots to reflect on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So we have a question here that's been written in for you, Venerable. Sonia says, how can we accept the greatness of the inner self as our own identity and be humble and not arrogant in the personality, the ego? She says, because I feel that the only way to heal is to connect and embody that presence. Oh, yes. To connect and embody the presence the awareness that we are awakened, luminous beings, that that seed is within us and not outside of us. And we can remain humble by recognizing it is within everyone. And it is nurtured and becomes skillful activity in our lives through compassion for each being and knowing that that wisdom potential is in all. So simple and so beautiful. Mm. I'd, 
it's about time. I don't know if you would like to take another question. Uh, I'll take another question, Jennifer. All right. So star two to raise your hand. Questions online. I know there was someone who had a question, but she seems to not be asking it. <laughs> hmm. We may also communicate directly heart-to-heart. -heart. Hmm. And uh, remember the dream class tonight, after such a conversation as this, uh, the... The threads of awareness uh, are supple, and we can continue to uh, converse. Can you share a little bit more about that for people who might be unfamiliar about how to connect in dream time and dream class? Yes, when we have a conversation with one another or when we listen to someone, uh, the words set into motion, uh, perception, memory, observation within our own minds. So the sound waves of the words as they're replayed, they become uh, ripples and also uh, there are threads of connection. The thoughts become connected, especially when we examine them. So uh, before going to bed, you think of the uh, accomplishments of the day. And if you found in any way that you step outside of your uh, life purpose and mission, you uh, make uh, correction, or if you spoke unkindly, you mentally make correction. And then as you go to sleep again, give thanks, make your prayers as you do, and uh, ask yourself the question that you wish to understand, and the answer resonates within your heart and is clear on awakening. Once again, simple and beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, Jennifer, I really thank you for making these conversations possible because it was your request that uh, got it going and uh, I sense people are benefiting. And I am, because I am connecting with uh, minds that explore deeply the mystery of appearances and a uh, sense of dedication in people's hearts to live with uh, dignity and uh, righteousness. Hmm. Well, I'm so grateful that you took me up on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would just wish to 
dedicate the merit of this conversation to the revelation of wisdom potentials within each one who will hear these words and all beings in all worlds. May each one find their way to the shore free from illusion. And I'm going to call upon Olivia. I, I hope you don't mind, Olivia. I didn't give you any warning. Would you lead us in the long life prayer? I've just unmuted you. Um, can you wait just a minute so I can get it? Um, yeah. Because I'm, I, I'll go and get it. I want to make sure I'm, I'm saying it right. I'll be right back, okay? Sure. I'd love to do that, Venerable. Thank you. Thank you. Is everybody ready? Yes. With gratitude. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see. Crystal reflection, boundless compassion, Caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long, good life. We thank you, Dahani Wahoo, gift to the people, great mystery. Wado. Wado. Wado, thank you so much. Venerable, thank you, Olivia. You are welcome. See you in the light. <laughs> See you in the light. Yes. I hope. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> 